It's another beautiful day here with the Favela Real Stories Real Lives podcast, where we find a deeper connection through sharing our stories. If you like this episode, or even if you don't, like, share, comment, subscribe, all the above. Remember, you can find us at favelastories.com. That's F like Fox, A-B-E-L-L-A stories.com. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash favelastories. We are always on the lookout for genuine, heartfelt stories. So if you want to connect and find healing through sharing your story, go to favelastories.com slash share dash a dash story or email us at info at favelastories.com. In this episode, we conclude the story we started last week with Jerem and see where he has ended up in his life today. And so I I went and I knocked on their door, and I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Mormon missionaries, but they are not supposed to be home during the day. They're supposed to be working and doing (laughs) things. And and, uh, (laughs) it was somewhere around, um, I don't know, just just before or after lunchtime. But I knocked on the door, and they answered the door, and I just introduced myself. I explained what I was trying to do. I said, I need help. (laughs) I, I need some help. And so I asked them for a blessing. And so, if you're if you're unfamiliar with uh, with with blessings in different churches, there's there's a number of churches where they will they will lay hands on you, and it's kind of like a prayer, but there's there's also some other things involved, and they they put their hands on you, and they they give you a blessing from God, and and then they and, and then that's your blessing, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's a great opportunity, and and I I advocate blessings from any number of faiths because uh, there's so many people out there that are so faith filled. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if that if you'll just be open and willing and humble, that that uh, I don't know. I just think that's a good thing. And, and that day in my life, uh, and keep in mind, on my way up to their apartment, I threw away my pack of cigarettes in the trash can. You know, on mm-hmm. the way up, and uh, and so I got a blessing, and I just remember being so impressed uh, by what it said. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, that they said was your sins are forgiven you. And I remember just being like, wow, that, that only happens in the scriptures, you know. Right. That's a, that's a big deal. Um, my sins are forgiven. Like, I, this is a fresh start. This is, I'm brand new. And so we got, we got finished with that. And I remember the missionaries explaining to me that they're like, we're, we're never home during the day. We literally came home. We've been inside for 30 seconds because we had forgotten uh, something they needed. I don't remember what it was at all, but they'd forgotten mm-hmm. something they needed. They were rushing home to grab it, and he said we were just about to walk back out the door. And he's like, you caught us in the, the one minute that we would have been home all day. Wow. You know? And, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, God's looking out for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've seen many, many evidences of that in my life. And this was this was a big one for me, you know, just to send those guys home for this small period of time. And, and if they would have been in the same apartment that they had been before, I would have been there five minutes before them, and they wouldn't have been home, and I would have walked away, and I'd have missed them, hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And if I if I hadn't visited that town with my brother four years prior, and if it hadn't been easy to find, and if you know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, there's just all these little things that that you could look at, and and for me to to perfectly hit that window of when they would be there if they hadn't forgotten whatever it was they needed, mm-hmm. and so and so I just remember going back downstairs and. And, uh, and such was my mindset. I actually reached back in the trash to grab those cigarettes so I could crumple them up mm-hmm. <laughs> and throw them away again. <laughs> and, so, and, uh, and I felt really good about that. That was, 
that was uh, that was the turning point for me. That really was where it all changed. Is is that day um, in that in that few minutes that I was visiting them, and onward I I kept on in my journey, and I I got to Utah, and I remember getting in my grandparents' house, and I have so much respect and love for my grandparents because I knew that. They were they were just not the kind of people to to have anything unclean in their home, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so the fact that they were letting me in uh, was kind of a big deal, you know, because I had made lots and lots of these unclean choices mm-hmm. um, over the last few years of my life. But they let me in, and I completely changed um, on the way. <laughs> right. And so it really it really is the journey, you know, when we're when we're looking for evidence. You know that people have changed. Sometimes they're they're not going to have any. Mm-hmm. You know, but but evidence that they will change. You know that they want to change. A person's desire is much greater, uh, much much greater indicator in their life of where they're going to go, you mm-hmm. know, what they're going to do than anything that they have done in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have to have a a reasonable experience to cause them to act on those desires, and uh, and the goal. Uh, without a goal, we, we don't really go anywhere. Right. So I'm curious yep. if you, um, I guess I've been thinking a lot about and learning a lot about shame. And I'm, I'm curious if you had much shame at, you know, at that time in your life or if it was very much like, I know I've been forgiven and I know I can do this, you know, like, what was your experience with that? Um, I guess, I guess the shame part, because shame is a vital tool. Um, there, there is a scripture that says when we're brought before God that the feeling that we will feel if we are guilty is shame. Mm-hmm. And there is a book, um, David Hawkins, I think is his name, Power Versus Force, mm-hmm. where he actually, have you read that book? Are you familiar mm-hmm. with that book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, super cool. And so he talks about the, the vibrations. And so he, so I don't, I don't know what machine or, in, you know, indicator he used. Mm-hmm. To measure the vibrations of different emotions, but it's he explains it in his book, and it's 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 very insightful, very cool. But the the lowest vibrating emotion is shame, right. and so it makes sense to me when when he says that, and then the scriptures also say if you're if you're brought before God and and you haven't repented of these things, and what you will feel is shame. Mm-hmm. Um, that that really is as low as you can get. Right. Um, and. And so the, the, the feeling of shame for me came when, you know, it was that morning when I was, I woke up and I, I realized I had no more purpose, you know. And, and that's what made me stop and reflect and change. And so that's why I think it's a good thing that if we're faced with God or godly things, that shame is what we feel because it is, it can move you. Mm-hmm. Um, it can also be something that if you have no desire to move forward, uh, you're just not. You know, it's the same thing. You're, you're not going to teach somebody who doesn't want to learn. You're, you're mm-hmm. not going to cause somebody to take action and change their life if they don't want to. And mm-hmm. I really wanted to. I just didn't didn't have any. I don't know. I don't know what was missing in my life that I wasn't choosing it to to change and to to do things. But but that well, intense feeling of shame mm-hmm. made me say I, I have to do something else. I cannot live like this. I I will. Like I said, prisoner dead, you know, <laughs> and that right. wasn't satisfactory to me. Well, and it sounds like, too, from you, you know, when you were driving and you said, I don't know how I'm going to do this, it sounds like you also maybe didn't think you were capable of alone of actually making the change. Correct. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Yeah, you got it. Um, I, and I knew I couldn't. I knew I couldn't. That, that was not a question. 
I was berating myself on the way out there, just going like, "What? Well, I mean, what, what do I even think I'm doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was just gonna cause struggle for a new household instead of the one I was in. But, but, but I, I did, I did stop and ask for help, um, and that's a big deal. And so I yeah. got that help. And uh, God's always looking out for us. If we really want to make a change, He's there. Right. <laughs> he's there. Uh, he he is the last one to be like, well, you really got to prove it to me. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> yeah. He won't ever <laughs> say that. Uh, and so so yeah, I made it to Utah. <clears throat> one thing led to another. I met a really good group of friends. You know, and my life story would not be complete if I did not mention uh, my friend Amy, who I knew when I lived back in South Carolina. She was a friend of my brother's, mm-hmm. and she—it's like she did everything right. <laughs> and it, it bothered me so much. <laughs> Why? I hated her because she loved me so much for no reason. Because she was the embodiment of everything I knew I should be and wasn't. Mm. Oh, huh. and, and she never, I mean, never. She really was. When I say she was just so good, you know, she really was. And she she didn't lord that over anybody. She didn't, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there was no sense from her if she was better than anybody. She honestly and truly loved everybody for no reason. Um, and, and it, it was fantastic just how amazing she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she was, uh, she was a teenager when I met her, you know, she was, she was young and I was young. We're actually, we're the same age. And, uh, and my goodness, I mean, she, she really, the, the, how much I hated her was completely unreasonable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's because of how um, it made you feel about yourself. Exactly. Yes. Um, and and I knew that she was right where I could be and right where I should be and definitely not where I was. Mm. And and so, but when I moved to Utah, I was talking to my brother and he says, oh, hey, guess what? Amy's out there. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I want, you know. But it was. <laughs> I, it, well, it was. And that's the thing is I knew that she is exactly the type of friend that I needed right. uh, to make the changes in my life that I was actually trying to make. And so so he gave me her number, and I called her up, and, of course, she was so excited, you know, mm-hmm. that, that I was there, and she totally wanted to see me. And, and uh, so I started hanging out with her. And she had this great group of roommates, and they were all so nice, and they were these wonderful people. And so next thing I know... I'm attending these these after school religion classes with her, and I'm I'm going out dancing at BYU, mm-hmm. um, which you know is a, is a is a church school, and so the dances are super clean and super fun, and and uh, and then I'm meeting people over at BYU, which again being a church school, you know you're gonna find a lot of people out there that that are trying to do positive things with their lives, you know mm-hmm. they're. They're, they're focused in directions that were, at that time in my life, really what I needed. Mm-hmm. And so and so these are the kind of friends I made. And so I was able to to leave an old group of friends and come into a new group of friends, which were exactly, exactly the group that I needed. And and, and you can find whatever people you want. I mean, I'm sure we can right. go to BYU right now and, and find a whole pile of people that are not who I would want to be hanging out with. Right. Um, but the people that I was introduced to, every single one that I saw, I mean, I was out here for for two weeks before I heard a single profane word in public. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not what my experience had been in mm-hmm. South Carolina. But anyway, but I was here, and I was hanging out with Amy, and I 
actually have just in the last six months or so come back in contact with her because we lost contact after a couple of years and mm-hmm. she moved and I moved and, you know, and a variety of things. And, and, uh, and so I've just recently seen her again a couple of times and it just, you know, it's so, so impressed itself on me. She did more than save my life, you know, cause I, mm-hmm. I came out here with no friends and uh, had, I just, I needed help. I needed somebody to help me, you know, in this new path. And uh, and she was there, and mm-hmm. she knew that I hated her. <laughs> she knew that <laughs> I was exceedingly clear. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was not very nice to her, um, you know, back in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but she she didn't judge. She just loved, and mm-hmm. that made that made the difference. You know, mm-hmm. that's just like my German teacher that I still mm-hmm. see. You know, when I go back, he he didn't judge me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was frustrated sometimes, but he he loved me, mm-hmm. and he he tried really hard to make a difference in my life and it worked and, and that's mm-hmm. the same thing she did and so and the same thing when I was in early morning seminary I had a couple of seminary teachers that I mean they knew the trouble I was getting into and they never accused me blamed me looked mm-hmm. less you know like I mean they just loved me mm-hmm. and it makes a difference it makes a difference that we right. that we that we step back and we don't judge you know and, right. and, and not because know of anything, what they're doing right and not because of anything they said it's not like they said or did the right thing it's just that they uh, loved you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They they are their own people too. They make their own mistakes too. And and but that's that is so much less important than, than how they treat you. You know. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's going to be the barometer when we get back to heaven. It's not going to be like all right, <laughs> list off your accomplishments. You know. Right. I gave you all these skills and abilities, and what did you do with them? It's going to be how much did you love people? And that's right. just my thinking, you know. Right. I could be totally off, and I'm totally willing to be wrong, but that's how I feel it's going to be. Hmm. And so that helped me to to move and get my start and get the ball rolling in different ways, and and uh, and then I was able to meet my wife, who was out here in this same group of friends. You know, I mm-hmm. I I found her and and uh, we've we've got a good long story. Let's see. We got married. We we moved to Florida. And the, the cool the cool things and, and stuff. I mean, that's we'd have to talk for another hour about all right. the things that happened sure. to, to yeah to bring us together. And and uh, you know, if I've only ever gotten one answer to prayer in my life, I mean, that was it was to marry that girl. You know. Hmm. And uh, but I've gotten a lot of answers. That was just the most clear I've ever ever mm-hmm. received it. Hmm. And uh, and so we we moved to Florida. Got married. Uh, had some kids, and then I ran into. Um, I'd always had this feeling like college was for people who can't make it on their own and have to hmm. be trained. Hmm. Um, and that <laughs> was really not you. Attitude, right? <laughs> and that wasn't me. I was not a school person. I wasn't going to do it. Uh-huh. And uh, and so, so anyway, but I remember uh, just I went through one experience after the other. I was finally starting to feel successful. I had a job where I was making some good money. I was I was like top of the charts for sales. And, uh, and just doing really well. And then one thing leads to another. And I had an old hip injury from when I was 11 uh, when I shattered my hip. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's exciting. I, mean, I was on crutches for three years for Ooh. that one. Um, yeah, it was, it's, it was rough, but it, was, it changed me in a lot of good ways. And hmm. so, so I'm kind of grateful for that. Um, I, was, I was on my way to being super cocky and arrogant. Um, that time <laughs> <in my life. laughs> and so, so I, you know, the crutches for three years really helped me to change that. And then, you know, in this, you know, after I met my wife and we'd had our first kid and it was doing really well, you know, the profession I'd chosen, 
and uh, and do, just doing great. That hip injury came back on me, hmm. and it got to the point where I couldn't do my job, hmm. and uh, and so I quit and went home, and and then one thing leads to another, and I really really felt like I should go back to school. And I thought, no. <laughs> yeah, that was not coming from you. <laughs> no, that was not coming from me at all. I was, I was unhappy with that. But I, I recognized where it was coming from, so I said, all right, I'll, I'll check it out. And so I got enrolled and went to BYU-Idaho. I remember uh, you going there and just being so happy. I, don't, I didn't even know why. Yeah. I was like, I'm just so happy. He was doing something with his life and moving forward. And I don't know, I was happy. Nice. Well, thanks. I appreciate that very much. Because, yeah, it definitely was a forward step in my life. And uh, I, I got serious about it. Because I'd always felt like I was I must be a bad student. Like, I knew mm. I wasn't trying, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any evidence at all that I, was, that I could do well. Mm. And so I believed that I couldn't. And, but I, I said, I'm going to do my very best. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to hit it. I'm going to do all my assignments. I'm going to talk to my professors if I you know, need some help. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything that I possibly can, and I'm not going to spare any effort to do this school thing, you know, mm-hmm. and we're going to see what happens. And it was that perspective. I mean, I, I was relentless uh, with school. I, I ran my own business. So I was, I was a Lego distributor, which was really fun, mm-hmm. and did a lot of, uh, a lot of things uh, with my own business. And I was in full-time school, and I had a wife and two kids. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so, you know, it was, it was work. It was work. I, I mean, there's a lot of people who done a whole lot more work than me, for sure. Um, but it, it, at that point in my life, I had never worked so much mm. um, and done so much. And, uh, and of course, Sunday was, was reserved for uh, religious activities, you know. I, mm-hmm. I went to church, and I, I never did schoolwork on Sunday. <clears throat> I never worked my business on Sunday, and so it was It was really just six days a week that I could do these other things, and then I had this day off, and I I tried to even do, you know, stuff with my family on Saturdays as well, but I, through some grace or something, had some classes in my first semester where I was able to get all A's, and I was, I had never done that in my life. <laughs> That's a big change from a 2.0. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so you know, and so now I have a four point oh, and uh, and I thought, wow, I wonder if I could do that again, you know? Because mm-hmm. I remember talking to some buddies, and uh, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I got a four point my first semester too. Just wait, you know? And so I went through my second semester and had a four point oh, and my third and had a four point oh, and my fourth and had a four point oh, and uh, and so I just I stuck with it. But like I said, I was relentless. If mm-hmm. there was ever an opportunity for, for any bonus points, I was all over it. Mm-hmm. You know, If there was ever uh, an assignment that was tough, I started it today. You know, mm-hmm. I did not wait. I would, that's not what I was going to do. Um, I never put anything off. And I just went after it hard. And so I always had my homework done ahead of time. I always had my projects done ahead of time. And if there was a group project, you better believe I was I was in charge. <laughs> right, you were you leading know? that and pushing it. <laughs> it. Yeah, I was, you know, because I wasn't going to leave it to somebody else to decide my grade. You know? Right. I, I was going to get it. And so they're like, all right, let's get in groups. And uh, and who's going to be in charge of organizing? That's me. That's uh-huh. me. I will do, <laughs> <laughs> I will do the group so projects I if I have to. <laughs> yes, I, you know, and so there were parts that, 
that I did that other people should have done. I didn't take on too much though, as far as what other people's stuff was. And yeah, because I I left I left one or two people out to dry uh, when they just they didn't show up, they didn't show up, they didn't show up, and mm-hmm. then we go to present our project, and I'm like, all right, the three of us worked on it. <laughs> yeah. And this guy didn't, you know, and he's standing there with us, and it's like, sorry, bro, you weren't at any of our meetings, and so, so I just want everybody to know this before we get started, thank you. Anyway, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I never tried to throw anybody under the bus, but to solidly and clearly define the lines, mm-hmm. uh, I think is totally, totally acceptable in most situations, mm-hmm. so. So I got a 4.0 through my first two years of college. And it's not like I was taking generals. I decided my major before I got into school, and I immediately jumped in to to those classes. And so I was taking, you know, those were the accounting classes I was taking and the business classes and the statistics mm-hmm. classes. And, and those are hard classes. And, uh, exactly. And But I, I knew I could do it. And holy cow, professors, man, I don't know if I just got lucky, but all of my professors, I go knock on the door, you know, during their, their period where they're available to help you. And, and I would go in there and I would... And, and they would just help me through everything. Yeah, um, that was my experience I, at BYU-Idaho. Yeah. The professors were so willing to help. Yeah, it was awesome. It yeah. was so awesome. And so, you know, I mean, I, I could not have done what I did without the help that they were willing to give. I mean, that's the story of my life. Is I could not have done what I did without somebody's help somewhere. So I'm, I'm grateful that, that, uh, that I'm willing to ask people for help. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so willing to tell you I have no idea what's going on. Can you, can you show me? You know, <laughs> it's totally cool. I'm, right. I'm okay with that. But I got to that point in my life. It was this this major change from I am 15, 16, uh, doing drugs, failing out of school, not doing you know not doing mm-hmm. well, have no direction, and zero spiritual um, activity mm-hmm. to now I've got a wife and kids and and a very dedicated family. I have been through college, you know, and, and got a 4.0 for the first two years. And I actually ended up dropping out of college, too, and I'll tell you that story briefly. But but I have direction now. I am happier now. I, I have somewhere I'm going and goals I'm achieving and lives I'm changing. And, and as a matter of fact, just to, to, to quickly throw in, I, I built a business that uh, it was a sprinkler installation company, and that was that was uh, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And that business, I was making as a just as the you know the lead technician because I was out there in the field doing this work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was making sixty five dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy just under me was we. I was charging for him fifty five dollars an hour, mm-hmm. but I was paying him like twenty three or something. And, and this is this is a, a 22, 23 year old guy making twenty three bucks an hour just a few years ago. You know, so he's, yeah. he's making great money. But any, you know, I'm, I, there's a big difference between what I'm charging for him and what I'm paying him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm making an overage on that. And then when I go get parts at wholesale, um, because I, I have you know a great discount because I'm one of the number one contractors for Sprinkler World. You know, where I buy all my parts. Mm-hmm. And so I buy them at wholesale, and I just I just mark them at retail. And so I sell the parts basically to my my customers, my mm-hmm. customers, for the retail price. And so it's the same price they would get it off the shelf, but I'm able to make an overage there. And so I was making quite a bit of money. And I had built this business because I had gone to a couple of seminars, and they do seminars that are like self improvement type things. And I went to one seminar, 
And my wife thought I was crazy. I paid like $157 to go to this three-day class, and she's like, oh, my gosh, you know. <laughs> What's it getting into And she's into like, hey, we'll just see what comes of it, you know. I mean, she, I'm sure she, she has a lot of, uh, I guess, different thinking than I do. So mm-hmm. I'll say this is what I'm going to do, and she's just like, well, whatever you want. <laughs> I don't understand, but it's totally cool. And so she's really great that way in that she's just she's open to me doing my thing. And, uh, and so she's like, all right, that's what you want to do. Go for it. And so I went for it, and I went to this seminar, and I came home and started a business. And she says, that's different, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's taking action. He's moving forward. And, and so I started this business, and it was uh, it was this, this interesting sequence of events that led me to start this business and, uh, and started repairing and then installing sprinkler systems and... And I started this business with three hours of experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, that's not a joke. I, I saw a guy working on sprinklers in my neighborhood, and I walked up to him and said, hey, I'll work for free for you if you'll just show me how these sprinkler systems work. I have no idea how sprinkler systems work. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, sure, why not, you know? Mm-hmm. Come over here and dig this hole, and I'll while you're working, I will describe some things to you and show you how these things work. And, and so... So I worked for him that day, and then he called me up another day, and I worked for him then, and I worked for him another day. And, and this, you know, if, if you're LDS, if you know who Boyd K. Packer is, this was his youngest son that I happened to just meet <laughs> randomly, which was really kind of cool for me. And so I got to meet his dad and, and uh, go shake his hand. And it was really funny because I'd been digging a hole, and I was all muddy. And I was like, I literally was trying to dig a rock out of the bottom of a post hole, mm. and I've got... I've got mud all over my arm, and I'm laying in the mud. It's just rained, and I've got mud in my ear and in my hair, and, and this little golf cart pulls up to me, and I look up at him, and I'm like, look at that. It's Boyd K. Packer. <laughs> and so I, I stand up, and then he's talking to me and introducing himself and asking me about my family, and, and, uh, and I said, you know, at some point, I said, well, gosh, I'd shake your hand. I'm just all muddy. You know, I'd get you dirty. And, mm-hmm. and he says, yeah, I've never been that way before. <laughs> and so I shook his hand, and I got him all muddy, and it was funny. And, and uh, just what a nice guy. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's kind of a sideline thing. But, uh, but I started this, this business, is what I was telling you, off, of, off the experience I got with, uh, with Eldon, you know, mm-hmm. that guy's youngest son, Boyker Packer's youngest son. And I don't know, I just kind of went out and started doing a little bit of sprinklers. I charged this really, really low rate because I knew I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one thing leads to another, and I became the number one contractor at Sprinkler World as mm-hmm. far as how much business I was doing and, and things like that. And I was making great money, but this company, Three Key Elements, that I went to their seminar, you know, I'd gone back to some other seminars that they did, and then I went back to volunteer and to help them out. And... You know, I, I explain it this way. You can only watch so many people's lives change before you just want to be involved. Yeah. You know, you want to be a part of that. And so I took about a 75% pay cut. I gave away my sprinkler business to a good friend of mine who's who's also in sprinklers. And I just gave him all my customers. I just said, here it is, and then here's all these parts that I have, and you can have all of this stuff. And, How does your wife feel about that? Um, she, she supported it. Again, it's one of these okay. things mm-hmm. where... You know, like it didn't make sense financially, right? But she is she is a woman who definitely can trust in in God, you know, mm-hmm. and in the way that He directs. And she kind of felt the same thing I was feeling as I was describing. Like, I think I need to make this change. I, I need to go be around 
this company more, you know, where they're where they're, they do such great work. Because if you're not familiar with them, um, from I guess from a spiritual standpoint, what he wants to do is teach people truth wherever they're at, hmm. and uh, not from a specific religious standpoint, not from you know, not from anything that. I, I don't know how to describe it, I guess. He just wants to teach as much truth as possible to as many people as he can get to. Hmm. And, um, and which is super, super cool. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and so I, I got a job with them. I aligned myself with them. And like I said, it was a, it was a significant pay cut. And my wife took it super well. And that's been a couple of years ago now. And it's still, still working. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost seems like mathematically it shouldn't be, <laughs> but it is. So those you know? are the fishes, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like something is happening somewhere to cause to cause this to work still, huh. and uh, and I've I've managed to to really come a long way in that company and to really impact uh, a lot of people's lives. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it's a regular occurrence now that somebody will stop me and say thank you for mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And I don't even really feel like I'm doing a whole lot, mm-hmm. but I am involved with a company and a group that that's their vision, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what I chose to be involved with. And when you make choices like that, you tend to get involved in the situations and with the people uh, that align uh, mm-hmm. with your choices. I rarely have been in this, like I've been working in this company for two years and I've never heard anybody raise their voice and shout mm-hmm. at anybody else. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so kind. It's like that awesome thing that your elementary school teacher tells you. Now, if we have a problem, let's just we can talk about it. It <laughs> actually works, and that's it. Actually <laughs> works, you know. And that is what we do here, and it's it's phenomenal. You know, you'll you'll see two people come to a head and go, well, "We're completely opposite on this," and they'll talk about it, mm. and it's great. That's cool. Um, I, I really feel like there's there's never a destination. There's never a culmination. It's always mm. a journey. And so I feel like from where, you know, as I, I was telling my story this morning, where I started and where I am now, I'm so grateful to still be in the journey. I'm so grateful for what's coming next. I am so right. excited to see where my life is going to lead because it's actually going somewhere now, mm-hmm. you know. And and we can all have that. We all really can. And, uh, and we can be happy. We mm-hmm. just need to make the choices that are going to lead us to that. And I think right. too often, you know, just kind of my my end point here and then whatever questions you've got, I'm happy to answer or if you need to, to wrap it up, that's great too. Mm-hmm. Um, but but too often we look at, is this good or bad? Right. And if you'll just take that vocabulary out and just throw it away and get rid of it and say, does this take me closer to my goal or farther away? Mm-hmm. You know, because I, like I believe... Yeah, and, and that's that's changed my life in a big way. I, I really do believe that most of us, uh, or even all of us, I don't know that I've ever met anybody that I would say that's a bad person. Right. You know, uh, I've met a lot of people that have had a lot of rough experiences and make a lot of choices that I wouldn't make. But I don't know that I've ever met anybody that I feel like just wants to hurt other people and that's all they want out of life. Right. I, I've never met that person. And so, so does it take you closer or farther away from your goal? And if your goal is to have a happy family, if your goal is to get back, you know, to heaven, if your goal is to make more money at your job, if you're, I don't care what your goal is, fill in the blank, mm-hmm. evaluate what you're, what you're about to decide on and say, is that going to take me closer or farther away? That gives you real information that takes away the emotion of the situation, that takes away this moral judgment call, because I think too often we, we don't know, we don't feel like we know what's totally right or wrong, and we've got all these questions, but we can always determine 
if an action is going to take us closer or farther away from whatever goal. And so that's how I live now, hmm. is, is just evaluating what, what is my next action going to do to my life? Is it going to take me closer or farther away from whatever it is that I actually want? That's the way I recommend to live. It's made me happier for sure. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so I just have one question, and that sure. is, do you think you having been addicted to those drugs and kind of hitting that rock bottom of, of that place of shame, like we kind of talked about, do you think that contributed to you having the desire or the courage to joining this cause that you are now part of? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I really feel like now uh, I understand a whole new group of people. You know, I definitely don't understand everybody or most of everybody or maybe even a small sliver, but there is a group out there now that, that I know that I can help. Mm-hmm. And it is a big deal to me to know where I have been and to know where other people are mm-hmm. and that I got out, you right. know, and that they it's can possible. too. And There's hope yeah, there. You can, yeah, there really is. And that's, that's what people, you know, when you can look them right in the eyes and say, I know exactly, exactly how to help you. Mm-hmm. And I love you and I know, I at least know from my perspective where you're at and I want to help you. Um, that impacts people. Yeah. Because it, it really is. It's it's how much we love people that really matters. Mm-hmm. And and when you can share of yourself and not be ashamed or embarrassed about what you went through, and you can just share those pieces of yourself with others. There are so many people out here in this world that have been through so many things, but they don't share for whatever reason. They, they still right. feel like I'm bad and wrong for what I used to do, and they're mm-hmm. still blaming themselves. Get over it. Just get past right. it. Share it because it will help people. people and help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yes. thank you, Jerem, yeah, so much for yeah for sharing this. I really enjoyed hearing the story. Well, great, thanks, and I appreciate you asking me. It was it was really it kind of touched me that that you would want to hear my story, and, and so I appreciate that. I'm glad that I could share with you today. To all our listeners, remember to like, share, comment, subscribe but especially share your story with us. Together we can heal the world one story at a time.